is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints dealing with touchy topics about their history that Mormon members can now so easily obtain on the internet. What did the LDS Church believe and teach about race and the priesthood? What do they teach about polygamy? And do they really believe that man will become like God? Join us today as I interview Bill McKeever, president of Mormon Research Ministries. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield and your host for today's program. Welcome, Bill. Thanks so much for being my guest today. Oh, glad to be with you, Kay. Well, when we spoke about uh, a topic, and you've been a guest many times on my program over the years, uh, you brought up the Mormon's Gospel Topic Essays. Tell our listeners what those are. Well, the Gospel Topics Essays are responses to a lot of the more thorny issues of Mormon history and doctrine. We kind of had a hint that something like this was coming down the road when back in 2012, a 70 by the name of Marlon Jensen mentioned during a question and answer period when he was speaking at, uh, up in Logan, Utah, he was asked why people were leaving the Mormon Church in droves, and that was the phrase that was used, in droves. Mm. And he responded saying that, that the Church is very well aware of this, that the Mormon Church has been hemorrhaging for quite a while right now. But his response, I thought, was very telling. He said this, and let me quote him. He said, we are trying to figure out exactly what channels to deliver it in and exactly what format to put it in. And he's referring to what he called an initiative that was called Answers to Gospel Questions. It sounds very similar to a series of, of books that Joseph Fielding Smith, the 10th president of the church, came out with several years ago. Well, he says, we're trying to figure out exactly what channels to deliver it in and exactly what format to put it in, but we want to have a place where people can go. We have hired someone that's in charge of search engine optimization, and we realize that people get their information basically from Google. They don't come to LDS.org, and that's the official website of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He says they don't come to LDS.org. If they get there, it's through Google. So we're trying to create an offering that will address these issues and be available for the public at large and to the church leaders. Now listen to this, because many of them don't have answers either. Mm. It can be very disappointing to church members and for people who are losing their faith or who have lost it, we hope to regain to the church. In other words, what Mr. Jensen was citing was a very real problem that the Mormon Church is having right now. A lot of these issues are popping up on the Internet, and there are many Christian ministries out there that address this, either primarily, such as we do at MRM.org, or other Christians who address topics pertaining to Mormonism, um, not necessarily primarily, but the topics do come up. And so when people go to the Internet and they're reading about these things, they're asking their Mormon friends, well, you know, I read this, and what do you have to say about that? Now, usually, a Mormon in the past could get away for at least a little bit of time to say, well, that's just people who are bigoted or hateful, and they just want to lie in the Internet. Mm -hmm. That's not working anymore. The reason why it's not working anymore is because a lot of the websites that are out there that are critiquing Mormonism, and I would say ours as well, 
we become very sophisticated in that we know by citing primary sources that it has the most effect with Latter-day Saints. And there is so much that is on the web now that we can merely link to where these sources are that Mormons can find as well as Christians who are interested in this topic. So the Gospel Topics essays were supposed to solve the problem and were supposed to show that the Mormon Church was being much more transparent regarding its past and regarding its doctrine. Now, I will say this. It certainly is much more transparent through these Gospel Topics essays than the Church has been in the past. But I don't think they've been completely transparent, and there's still a lot of information that has not been put in these essays that I think probably should be in them to give a person a more full and rounded understanding of what's going on. But still, I'm very thankful for them because, I'll tell you, Kay, these have been a boon for Mm -hmm. us, because now... When we are talking with Mormons one-on-one, whether it's on the streets or whether it's through an email, we just give them a link to these essays, Mm -hmm. and they get to read what their own church is now saying about these topics in a very concise format. They don't have to go looking all over the place for them anymore like they used to. And it's really helped us immensely because even though the essays do not have an author's name on them, the Church has come out and told the members that they can be considered an official place to go if they want to know what the Church's position is on that particular topic. So we're very thankful for them, Mm -hmm. and it is having a negative effect, I would say, for the LDS Church, because a lot of the things that these essays admit are many times things that members have been led to believe were merely the lies of folks like myself, uh, that we were just spewing this stuff out, and we were making it up, and we were taking it out of context. Well, now the members can see that we've been telling telling them the truth all Mm -hmm. along. Mm -hmm. And that's only helped our credibility, because we've been consistent in these messages, trying to reach out to the Mormon people with a lot of this troubling information. And now they're seeing that, hey, we've been saying this all along. In fact, many times I've told Mormons you know, that, that we've had this posted on our website for like a decade or so. Mm-hmm. Why is it your church is only just now getting up to speed? Well, the reason is, is because they've had to. Mm-hmm. They, they've had no choice but to get up to speed. They can't hide this information any longer. And so the Gospel Topics Essays was their opportunity to give their side of the story. The problem for the LDS Church is their side of the story isn't always very appealing. In fact, many times it's quite appalling, Mm -hmm. and I think many Latter-day Saints are starting to see this, and it's causing many of them to even have more struggles now than they did before they even knew these essays were around. Yeah. I want to mention something. We sometimes have Mormons that hear our program, as we did one of the last times I had someone on this type of topic, and he was pretty upset when he called our response center. Um, But um, one of the things I want to address, I think we don't always bring it up, is that the Church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is the one that has been deceptive. We sometimes will say Mormons aren't Christians, 
but we don't really know until we talk to them personally what they really believe. Some of them don't even know they're getting involved in a church that does not teach Christian beliefs, uh, goes beyond what the Bible really says. So can you just touch on for a moment the difference between what one Mormon might believe versus what the church itself uh, is teaching that is not well, sure. God's uh, Word. You're absolutely right, Kay. A lot of people join the LDS Church thinking it's Christianity plus, not realizing that it's not really Christianity at all. Mm-hmm. It may use a lot of the same terminology, they might use a lot of the same phrases, but the way the Church defines those words and those phrases is very important. And unfortunately, a lot of people who join the Mormon Church really become prey to the way the Mormon Church sells itself, because it's not always very upfront with how they define some of these terms. And unless you ask, they probably won't volunteer any of these significant differences between the two traditions. Mm -hmm. And so when a person, let's say, comes from a Christian background, let's say they attended, pick any denomination you want, and then they join the Mormon Church, many of them assume that what they believe on a lot of the core issues, like who God is, are merely the same, when in fact they're not the same at all. And how long a person takes in finding this out really depends on the individual. Sometimes it's rather quickly, mm-hmm. sometimes it could take a long time. I, I, I talked to a man who had been a member of the Church for quite a while, and once he was in a position where he could start teaching gospel doctrine, that's what they call it, gospel doctrine, that's when he started realizing and reading the material he was given to teach that he saw this is a significantly different religion altogether, and he was very troubled and asked me, how could I, this is what he said, how could I be so stupid? And I don't like using the word stupid, but I think all of us have our own limits of ignorance on any given topic, and unfortunately, when you join the Mormon Church, assuming that it's a Christian organization, you tend, I think, to let your guard down mm-hmm. where you shouldn't. You should be just as you know, sharp as always, but unfortunately, when people assume something is okay, they tend to let their guard down, little realizing that this is a significant different set of belief systems, and there's a reason why the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has been looked upon by the Christian community as being outside of the parameters of Christianity. Mm -hmm. So even this whole idea of who God is becomes different. How mankind is saved is different. Mm -hmm. What scripture they use is different in many regards. Their view of the hereafter is very different. And sometimes Mormon members, when they're new to the the Mormon faith, don't realize this right away, and hopefully we at MRM can uh, prevent someone from making that kind of a mistake and going through the heartache of finding out that you've been deceived. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. In a couple weeks, I'm going to be interviewing an an ex-Mormon, and he's going to be talking about some of the challenges as he left the Mormon church, because it can be pretty traumatic uh, to realize that what you were believing in was not 
true. And uh, we, we can't, as Christians, just assume this is just easy to do. It isn't. It isn't. Well, let's get back to uh, our gospel topic essays. Uh, just a couple of them. Uh, what did the LDS believe related to race and the priesthood that is kind of bothering people today as they learn more about this? Well, the race and the priesthood was one of the earlier ones that came out, and this really shocked a lot of people because what this essay basically did was throw their second president, Brigham Young, under the bus. Oh, really? And and if you read the essay, it pretty much lays the blame for a lot of the very offensive racist remarks regarding the ban of those of African heritage that they had for much of its history. If you had, as one leader said, one drop of Negro blood, you were not considered to be part of this priesthood authority that is so essential if a Mormon hopes to be exalted in the next life. Now, what's interesting about that whole essay is even though it laid the blame at Brigham Young, um, a lot of, well, I would say this, the great majority of Mormon leaders agreed with what Brigham Young taught Mm -hmm. and elaborated on this doctrine that somehow in the pre-existence, as Mormonism teaches, we all lived with our heavenly parents. God is married up in heaven to a person known as Heavenly Mother. We existed as their spirit children waiting to take on human form here on earth. Now, there there was a council in heaven, there was a rebellion in heaven, and Lucifer, one of God's children, who would be our brother, and Jesus' brother as well in Mormon theology, he rebelled against his father and against Jesus, and he took one-third of God's spirit children with him, and they became the demons. There was another group there that was not as valiant as they could have been for the cause of Christ, and as a part of their punishment, they would come to earth and get physical bodies, but because of their lack of valiance in the war in heaven, they would not be allowed to get the priesthood that would enable them to be exalted after they die. And so the way you would know who those are who didn't, weren't allowed to get the priesthood is God gave them a black skin. And that was the telltale mark. And this is how the Mormon Church made decisions whether or not a person should get the priesthood, either the Aaronic or Melchizedek priesthood, which is very important in Mormon theology because that's what gives Mormon males their authority to preach the gospel and to administer the sacrament and baptisms and things like that. So for much of Mormonism's history, this ban was in place until 1978. Now, One of the arguments that we raise on this is, well, wait a minute, you can't just blame Brigham Young because you had so many leaders in the Mormon Church, you know, enforce what was laid down earlier. Where's their discernment if this was really not a true doctrine? And this is how the Mormon Church is trying to portray this now, that this was never really a true doctrine of Mormonism. It was just a misunderstanding on the part of the leadership in the past. Well, that's not even true, because... We can find, and, and we do document this on our website, that there are places where Mormon leaders have made it very clear that this was a doctrine, and so there's no escaping this. And besides, to have a revelation in 1978, as Mormons <laughs> believe their leaders had, why would you need a revelation to merely overwrite a policy? 
You don't need revelations for policy mm-hmm. corrections in mm-hmm. the Mormon Church. You need revelation to change doctrine. <laughs> wow. So, wow. So that does, that's not even a consistent answer that yeah. the Church is giving today. Okay. Well, I want to, that's very interesting. I want to go ahead and make some uh, announcements, and then we'll come back and continue talking to Bill McKeever. Today, Family Shield is giving away several uh, tracts that we purchase and give away to callers on responding and witnessing to Mormons. To receive your complimentary resources, call the Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us, witness2family at gmail.com. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to the Thrivent website at www.thrivent.com or call them and ask them to help you do that at 1-800-847-4836. We also want you to know that if you're a new supporter, your gift will be matched through Family Shield's Thrivent Matching Challenge Grant. So if you give a gift of $10, it becomes $20. A gift of $100 becomes $200. All your support will go to help continue airing Family Shield on 52 stations around the country. Uh, you can give on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. I also want to mention that we have an email newsletter that we send out on a regular basis, and you can sign up on our homepage, again, on the website, www.familyshieldministries.com. All you have to do is put your email in where it says email newsletter on the homepage, or you can just email us and give us your email. We'd be happy to do that as well. I want to go back to my guest, Bill McKeever of Mormon Research Ministry, to connect to their website, which he's been talking about some of the resources they have. Go to www.mrm.org. And we also have their website on ours under our recommended links, so you can find his website in both ways. I also want to mention that um, Bill has written the book Mormonism 101, one of the best books I know to help you learn about Mormon teachings versus what uh, Christians teach and believe. So I just want to give that book a plug, and uh, uh, we are— going to continue talking about uh, these uh, gospel topic essays. We talked a little bit just before the break about race and the priesthood. Anything else you wanted to share about that, Bill? Well, it's just that that, I I thought that that uh, essay, I know it was trying to solve a very problematic area of their history, but I didn't think the Mormon Church did themselves a good service in in coming out with trying to blame Brigham Young on that. Uh, There are comments made by Mormon leaders that adamantly denied that Brigham Young was the one who came up with that idea, that it went back to Joseph Smith. Mm. Now, what's interesting about that, though, and and I will concede, I have yet to find a primary source showing Joseph Smith teaching some of the things that Brigham Young taught. Really? But still, you have Mormon leaders placing the blame on Joseph Smith and not Brigham Young. And today, the Mormon Church is placing the blame on Brigham Young and not Joseph Smith. I just find that to be very curious. Interesting. Well, another one of their uh, challenging topics is what they teach and believe about polygamy and uh, some of the history about Joseph Smith. Uh, First of all, define polygamy for our listeners and then talk a little bit about what they believed and, and even what they believe today. Sure. 
polygamy or polygyny is the idea of a man having more than one wife, as opposed to polyandry, which is a woman having more than one husband. Mormonism really has both in its history. And, of course, this goes through Joseph Smith, who claimed he was called by God, or commanded by God, I should say, to institute polygamy, or plural marriage. And so he did, in fact, had several wives. And this is funny, because when I've talked to Mormons on the streets, not so much now, since this has been out for a while, but I remember talking with a lot of Latter-day Saints, and the topic of polygamy would come up. All Mormons seem to be readily admitting that Brigham Young had several wives. But when he brought up the fact that Joseph Smith had several wives, many Mormons said that that wasn't true, that he only had one wife, and that was Emma Smith. And the fact is, the Mormon Church in this essay admitted that Joseph Smith probably had as many as 40 wives. Now, I only know of 33 plural wives that I can name. So I'm, I'm not even sure who the rest of these women are that they mention in that number, but the fact is, is in the essay, it mentioned that Joseph Smith was, in fact, a practicing polygamist, and that he also married a girl as young as 14. That oh. would be Helen Mark Kimball. Now, remember, he would be in his late 30s at this time. And not only did he marry a 14-year-old, he actually married two, another one was Nancy Winchester, but he also married women who had living husbands. And this really shocks the LDS community, because even though they might be able to justify the practice of plural marriage, because they do with Brigham Young, how do you justify marrying a woman who already has a living husband? That becomes difficult even for Mormons, because there's just nowhere in any scripture whatsoever that Mormons believe that would, that would uh, justify such a behavior. Certainly not the Bible, that's for sure. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, we could continue talking about that, but I have one more uh, issue I wanted to bring up as we have time, and I know it's a big topic and we don't have a lot of time left. But what do they believe, or, or do they really believe that man will become like God. And uh, what do they believe about that? And what did those essays say related to that? Again, they pretty much admit that they do believe that, but they tried to couch it in a very interesting way. They tried to make it look like people who bring that topic up do it very with, with a lot of insensitivity, uh, almost like a caricature. The problem I thought with that kind of reasoning was is there's too many comments out there from Mormon sources that certainly do teach that a faithful Mormon male member, if he has the priesthood and does everything he's supposed to do, which is repent of all his sins, which means to confess and never commit them again, and then keeps all the commandments and all the ordinances of the LDS Church, that they will eventually be exalted to godhood that they will become like God is God. They will have attributes such as omniscience and attributes such as omnipotence, and that they will also be able to rule their own world. And this idea of ruling their own world has been kind of confusing in Mormonism because a while back, the Mormon Church official website, LDS.org, had a website, or a web page, I should say, called Mormonism 101 FAQ, had nothing to do with our book. Mm-hmm. But in that article, it denied that Mormons believe that they're going to get their own planets. Now, I'll agree that the word planet is not often used by Mormons when talking about this subject, but the, world, the words earth and world certainly are. 
But this article gave the impression that Mormons don't believe that at all, even though right now there are two Mormon manuals that Mormons study from that teaches that very doctrine. So it's hmm. very confusing, uh, even from, you know, coming from a Mormon position. What does the Church really teach on this? Hmm. Well, the Church essay didn't deny this. It doesn't deny that men will become gods. In fact, there's been articles that have come out since then that, that verify that this is still very much a teaching in the LDS Church. Interesting. That's so interesting. I just did an hour-and-a-half seminar with a youth group on Mormonism, and I had to call you because one of these sharp youth asked the question, uh, if they're going to have their own planet, does that mean they're off by themselves on the planet? And I, I, I think I emailed you, and you said, yeah, the thorny question. So they don't call it a planet anymore. They're calling it... Uh, earth or world? Well, they still call it an, a world or an earth. Mm-hmm. You still find this in modern teaching manuals that they have, but they get kind of funny about the word planet. I, I often ask Mormons, well, what's really the difference between a world and a planet, mm-hmm. other than you know how it revolves in the solar system? But yeah. It still seems to be the same concept. Wow, interesting. But what you said and what this youth picked up on is, would they be out there by themselves, just them and the you know, their family all by themselves. Um, it, it would seem to make That sense. would re- make sense, and that would be a terrible thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It, because if every Mormon male is qualified to get his own world and become God of his own world, then where would my son go if he was a faithful ladder? Ah, away from you, yeah. yeah my yeah. daughters would be sealed to other men who have the priesthood, so they wouldn't be with me. So who am I with? What if my wife was a part of her family? I mean, it makes no sense, Mm -hmm. and it might sound good, but on paper it doesn't work at all. Yeah. I want to just say I think the major difference between Mormonism and Christianity is that uh, as Christians— we understand eternal life is a free gift. It's not a result of our good works. We're not earning brownie points with God, whereas Mormons have to work really hard, don't they? And that is a huge problem, because there are a lot of things that a Mormon must do and be faithful to throughout their lives if they hope to receive this exaltation in the next life. It most certainly is uh, based on their effort to perform. Now, it's not to say that they don't have a doctrine of grace. They most certainly do have a doctrine of grace. But again, this is another word that needs to be defined, because their idea of grace is simply an enabling power, which helps the Mormon to keep all the commandments and ordinances that are necessary for exaltation. And this area alone is is an area where I like to focus on, because really, what is New Testament faith but to believe that Jesus did something for you? And of course, as Christians, we believe that what he did for us was that he forgave us of our sins. He paid the penalty for our sins. Mormons, because their forgiveness is based on keeping the commandments and repenting, according to Doctrine and Covenants, section 1, verse 32, they can't even hope to have the forgiveness unless they've properly repented of all their sins, and again, confess them, never to repeat them again, and then to keep all the commandments. And because no human being is doing that, you can imagine why many Latter-day Saints really don't know where they're going when they die. I've often told Mormons, if you don't know where you're going when you die, there's a good chance you're probably lost. Yeah. All right. Very good. My guest again has been Bill McKeever of Mormon Research Ministries. Uh, We just encourage you to believe in Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, and know that he has suffered and died for your sins and has given you as a free gift eternal life. This is Kay Meyer. Thanks for listening. 
You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.